0: Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode two sixty four of the Big Show of Enforcer based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. just stumbling over words already. How you guys doing? Wednesday, hump day Almost there folks, couple more days, weekend Um, Got my notes here, got my sticky notes Um, Gonna kind of be a, well, not gonna be a different show Um, You know, I have some odds and ends to talk about Player Spotlight, John Erskine today And, uh, you know, I had fun going down that rabbit hole Um, um, As I Yeah. I was kind of making notes on that all day. Um, yeah, some, some kind of things here. It's kind of been a little kind of whirlwindish here at the house last, last couple days. Um, I'll get into that at the end. Um, you know, like I always say, I've, uh, you know, I've never lied to you guys, the listeners, um, you know, and I've kind of, we'll have a little reality check here at the end here. We're going to have a little conversation. Um, you know, about a few things, but, uh, you know, we'll have some, we'll have some fun talk at the start here. Um, we'll have some fun talk, yell at a few people, uh, point out some ignorance and, uh, you know, the things that we do around here. Um, well, one thing we had to do around here, of course, we've got to talk about a few folks got to obviously start at the top, the hockey podcast network, uh, 50 shows, over 50 shows on the network, all the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you on the network, um and Terry Ryan as well. Ted Ted Hitchcock um he is on the he is on the hockey podcast network as well. Um and of course for my off network friends I got Alec over there at the Fire for Fighting podcast. Um and I recorded uh with him was it last weekend? It must have been. Yeah, last week for a Kerry Toporowski special that he is releasing at some point here. Uh He had myself, Jay, and a couple of ex-players on, I believe. And, uh yeah, it was fun talking about Top. Of course, I talked about his Western Hockey League stuff. And, um, yeah, and, you know, my, true minor league legend. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, listening to that special. I'm assuming you'll have it out here right away. So, um, and then, of course, uh Joe, Jolton Joe Lazito over at the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. It's his new his new venture that he's uh, putting out. Um, he has two episodes out right now. Uh, basically, it was like introducing the podcast, and then it was like about a month later, okay, what's going on with the podcast? Um, I know Joe's been busy with work and tracking players down. You know, it's the same old battle, but I know he has recorded with a player. I think he just needs to finish up with him. Um, so his first interview will be coming out shortly. Um you know, and he is brought up. And I had Joe on the show a couple months ago when he was obviously unveiling this podcast, what he wanted to do, because he had previously done the Coliseum Chronicles, the Islander podcast. So the Islanders and the Rodiques were kind of his two favorite teams. So um, he's moved. He kind of interviewed almost everybody that he could kind of interview with the Islanders more or less, uh, and uh so he moved on to Quebec, and it doesn't include Avalanche players, so once again, I always say to Joe, I said, once again, you've painted yourself into a corner, so he's got some pretty tight restrictions on himself, but I know he's got about four or five guys that he's talked to that are, you know, really gung-ho for it, so um yeah, I'm looking forward to that, so obviously I will keep you updated as the you know, as as, the, as it goes, and as soon as an episode is out, obviously, I'll let you guys know. But if you happen to be on social media, you know, you're following Lizito on social media anyway. Um, obviously, he'll put it out and whatever. You'll know about it. Um, off it, And uh, when it comes to uh, YouTube channels, I have a few to lay on you here. Uh, so get your pens and pencils ready. Um, of course, I have uh, Alec. Of course, his... Battles with YouTube and the East Coast League and everything else. Um, he has, they, of course, they killed this channel. And the last couple of weeks ago, he made another one. And again, Five for Fighting uh, on YouTube. Um, he he's resurrected it and, uh, and already getting some subscribers and he's putting up videos and, uh, a lot of it's, uh, like, um, people that have filmed At the game, because they, because there were so many people that watched his old East Coast League channel. I mean, we, you know, I won't go on and on about it. We we beat that topic to death, but, um, it was a really popular channel, and, uh, and I think a lot of the fans, uh, want to help him out. So they record stuff with their phones, like everyone does nowadays at the game, and they basically send him the video, and he puts it on YouTube. And, uh, he's had some great fan submissions. So definitely check it out. Um, like I said, the East Coast thing's been hot, man. There's been some really good tilts this year. And, uh, early on. So definitely give it. Anthony Collins had a real good one the other night. How, Travis Howes looked unreal. He's looked really good. Had a great fight with Neubauer again. Um, or Neuber. Kyle, I why do I always say Newbauer? Newber. I don't know. Where am I getting Neubauer from? I don't know. Kyle Newber And, um, it's like I think I, like there's sometimes with names it's either people I've worked with or guys that I know went to high school Whatever I get and for some reason it just gets in my head to say the name um, I don't know whatever um, But yes Colin Luber They had a great fight, but uh, yeah some really great fights in East Coast League this year So definitely uh, head over to Alex channel fire for fighting again, um, hit subscribe Also while you're there fourth line voice youtube channel hit subscribe on mine i have 2500 fight videos so i think you'll find something you dig on there and then d, my boy jay there and i d skunk like the letter d and then skunk like the animal d skunk and he's been doing it for years and like i've i've said a bunch of times the last couple days or the last couple episodes i've been i finally brought his channel up i've known jay for a while he's been on my show a bunch of times and like I said, it was kind of a revelation to me. I don't. I was sitting there the one night in the chair. It's super late, and I'm watching his channel on my smart TV with one eye open. I'm kind of half. Off, all of a sudden, I realized I'm like, I have never mentioned this channel on the show before. And I was like, that was rather rude of me. Um, and he, he, I mean, he's been putting up Southern Pro fights here for the last couple of years. He's out in Quad City, of course. Um, but going back, I mean, he's got old Quad City Flame stuff on there. Uh, Mallard stuff, like old Little John shit. And I mean, he's got some stuff from years gone by. So definitely check out his channel. He's got some great stuff on there. And, uh, and there's a new channel in the game. Um, my past guest here on, uh, on Sunday, Jordan, out in the Maritimes. Um, we of course discussed the, uh, late 90s, 2000s, uh, Quebec Junior Hockey League tough guys. And, uh, I hope people, I, I, know know people, um, it's actually been received really well. A lot of listens and, uh, I know people enjoyed the conversation. I know on a, on a personal standpoint, I certainly did. Like I said, I'm, I'm a Western League guy out here in Saskatchewan. So, um, I mean, I knew some of the names out in the Quebec League, but, um, it was, it was good to, like Jordan always went to the Cape Breton games. So, um, you know, he had, Obviously, first, ex, first hand experience with it. So, um, it was cool to talk to him and he shared some stories. And, um, and afterwards, he had kind of mentioned that, um, he just, he kind of enjoyed, he enjoyed coming on the show so much. And, and with all the YouTube channels and stuff, he actually created a YouTube channel and it's called Five and a Game, Five and a Game. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, and I, and I he's just starting out. So he's only got a couple of videos on there, but, um, one of the things that he did was kind of a, kind of a little 10 minute kind of documentary kind of deal on Samuel Duplin and um and I really hope he continues it and and it's always and he kind of oh you know I was on the show and kind of inspired me to do the YouTube thing um which was really cool to to hear um you know and anytime I hear that or you know oh I'm going to start a podcast because of you or whatever um you know that's happened a few times you know whether it be that be for good or bad but <laughs> um but no seriously it's um I think anytime, um, anytime someone has a passion for something and creates something, I think is always a good thing. And, um, I hopefully he sticks with it. Um, and going forward, because like I said, he's got a lot of knowledge about the Quebec, the Quebec junior scene as well as the LNAH. And, uh, I really hope he continues and I enjoyed his DuPlane video. And, um, like I said, I hope he, I hope he continues to do more. And, and I hope you guys, um, Support it. Uh, Like I said, go to the five in a game. Go like I said. He's got three or four videos on there right now. But you know, obviously, hey, every YouTube channel started with one video, right? So I mean, uh, get in on the ground floor and hit subscribe. Let's get them some subscribers. And uh, and and I I always think uh, encourage creation. And um, you know, uh, I I I think it's really cool. Um, You know, not only with the YouTube channel, but with like a podcast or. A blog or a vlog, I guess, and or uh, or starting a Facebook group. Steve from when Probert was Kig he um, he just started uh, a, a new Facebook group called Legends in Black and White, and uh, you know, and I and like I said, anything um, where people create something and create content, um, to me, I, I think is cool, and uh, and I, and I think that should be um, supported. And so I hope everyone goes and not only checks out uh, Jordan's um, YouTube channel, also Steve's Facebook page. Um, there is the, well, of course, I had Steve on a few weeks ago. Drop Your Gloves 2.0, if you will, is coming. Um, they're just, obviously, it's a huge undertaking. Working out some kinks, adding data, and, uh, you know, go back and listen to that episode. He, Steve explains the whole thing. So, you know, um, far better than I can. But, um, again, I've, I have had people ask about the new, you know, when's that, there wasn't that site going to be made and all this stuff. And he was doing a GoFundMe last year. And yeah. No, don't worry. He didn't fucking take the money and jump, jump the border to Mexico or anything. Um, no, it, it all went in and he is passionate about the project. Um, uh, I've seen the test version of the site. Um, it's gonna be really cool. Again, it's a beginning of something, it's a creation. Um, and I hope all the listeners out there, I hope you guys support it. Um, if you can, if you have data to add, uh, please, please get a hold of Steve and do so. Um, yeah, and I think it'll be a really cool thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think anytime somebody creates something, uh, us as a kind of a fight community, if you will should support it, because it's, it, there's so few and far between, and, um, you know, why not, right, like, I said, encourage that sort of thing, but, uh, yes, five in a game, YouTube channel, check it out, so, there's the plugs for the, oh, and, well, and I gotta say, I, like I said, a shout out to the, uh, to the wounded out there, I got Tim, uh, you know, Tim's probably losing pounds, like, left and right, you know, um, you know, on that liquid diet with his broken jaw, so he's probably losing weight. You know, he'll be skinny as a rail, you know, stick out his tongue, he'll look like a zipper. I've heard he's lost a lot of weight. He's got to run around in the shower to get wet. So, uh, you know, hopefully once that jaw heals, you know, he can get back at it and get back to, you know, getting out to the in and out Burger or the Shake Shack or wherever he happens to eat. But I hope he's, I hope his jaw's healing. And then of course you got Charlie with the bad back. I mean, you know, so it's really taking a, it's really cramped his gymnastics but uh hopefully he will uh he'll get his surgery here right away and uh he'll be back and uh back and swinging in no time so I hope you two guys are doing well and uh yeah thank you very much for tuning in and hopefully you know this will take your mind off it for a little while um yeah sorry Tim I don't have a list I, I don't have a list today now I feel bad but, well, I got a player spot. Like, that's kind of like a list. I guess we list his fights. But, you know. Uh, oh, Tim's just excited that his Flyers are fighting. I saw an article. Somebody said, oh, the Broad Street Bullies are back. It's like, well, I guess, I don't know. It, uh, I think we're sort of clinging to something, uh, you know, at that point. But, I mean, hey, Deloria had never been fighting. I mean, I can't can't say they haven't been. They have, got, you know, again, for 2022 they're fighting. But, um, I actually I like the kid. He's he's all right. Um, you know I have no problem with with, with him. Um, at le- you know at least they're doing it right. Um, you know, but this this idea that the broad street bullies are back is kind of it, it, the article amused me at any rate. But uh, so I said how we're just clean, just clinging to anything I guess at this point. But uh, no, the Flyers have been doing some scrapping, and uh, you know so hey, why not... hey. Y- y- you know, we I sit and yell every weekend about these guys soft and shit and all blah, blah, blah. Well, if they're going to have a couple fights, if they're going to be doing having a couple fights each week, I can't really shit on them. I really can't. Um, you know, I mean, there's plenty of teams to shit on, but the Flyers are not one of them right at this point. So, well, I don't know how great their record I don't follow it. I don't think their record's that great, but I don't know. They're fighting anyway. I mean, if you're going to win on the scoreboard, at least win some tilts. I mean, Jesus, win something, right? So... But um, yeah, what are we going to get into here, folks? Um, Well, some Ice Wars, well, not Ice Wars itself. Oh, I've been asked, I will point, I will say this. I've been asked by a number of people about Ice Wars 3. Um, I do, I don't know. I've, I have not, I've legit haven't heard anything. Um, You know, the rumors are all bouncing around. I've seen it online. I've seen people talking. I know, you know, I'm, To add to the rumors, it's not like, oh, I mean, I've had AJ on the show and I've had all the Ice Wars guys in the shows and stuff, so, but I don't have an, like, I don't know sometimes people send me messages thinking, you know, I have an in, uh, you know, to, I talk to AJ on a daily basis to get the lowdown on what's happening, no, um, and if something was told to me in confidence, I'm certainly not gonna come on here and say anything, um, all I know, and this is all I've heard, the rumors that I've heard is that my either, the next one is going to be early in the new year, around February, and the two places I keep hearing are either in Florida or in Montreal. Those are the two places. I don't know where in Florida, they just said Florida and Montreal. Now, whether there's any truth to that, I'm just saying those are the rumors that I've heard floating around. So whatever, take it as you. I said personally on a on a very selfish note, I hope it's back in Edmonton for a third time. But that's just me. I said Edmonton. I told AJ, well, I said Edmonton should be your home base. I don't know how that, how successful that would work out for the, for the whole, well, I, I think as for fighters, I don't think they want to come to Ed, Edmonton in the summer is fine, but I don't think anybody wants to go to Edmonton in February. I, th- I think Florida would be a, would be, I think would be very welcomed by the players. So, um, but yeah, so as far as I've, like I said, I've had people ask me, I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know who's, I don't know what the setup is. I don't know who's going to be in it uh, or anything like that. So. Um, the moment i I hear anything and I'm told I can share the news, uh, of course I will be on here sharing it. So, um, but speaking of Ice Wars competitors, of course, uh, the champ Daniel Amesbury, who is now, who is playing for, uh, Danbury in the Federal Hockey League right now. Um, he has a fight coming up December 9th and it's a boxing match on Barstool's rough and rowdy pay-per-view that Barstool does. Um, I have never, I have heard of these. I've seen clips. I have never ordered it or watched a full one or anything. I'm assuming they're like the old, well, I'm not assuming they are like the old man tough, the old tough man contest with the boxing gloves and stuff. Um, but anyway, I I don't know who, Am- the guy, whoever Amesbury's fighting has been in this before because they showed this guy's clip. I don't know, He just kind of a, kind of a bigger soft white pudgy white guy um and he won his last fight in the rough and rowdy i don't can't his name is escaping me at the moment but uh amesbury is going to fight him on december 9th and amesbury cut a pretty good promo there wearing his trashers jersey and uh and that, that was pretty funny so december 9th for you folks then the rough and rowdy uh daniel amesbury will be getting climbing into the boxing ring so well, I don't know how much boxing, did. I know he has boxed a little bit. And of course, uh, at Ice Wars, the last two Ice Wars, he actually had Canadian, uh, heavyweight boxer Ken Lacusta in his corner. Um, so obviously he has done boxing. Now, how much? I'm not sure. But, uh, and I don't know how much his opponent's done. So, you, you know, we I mean, obviously are not putting in there, putting him in with, against a pro fighter or anything. So, um, you know, we'll see how it translates from ice to, to ring. So, Good luck to Daniel. I hope he does well. And uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see on December 9th. So, uh, but before that though, December 2nd and 3rd, uh, Danbury is set to play Columbus in the federal league for the first time this year. And the significance of that is of course, as I said, Amesbury is on Danbury, but you know, who's on Columbus, Justin Schmidt. So there you go. So it's a, uh, it, it's a home and home series. And uh yeah, we could see the Ice Wars champs. Of course, uh, Justin Schmidt and Ice Wars Two won the cruiserweight t- tournament, and of course, Amesbury won the heavyweight one. So that'll be—I'm, uh, you know, I'm sure those guys are itching, and um, I, I don't think they'll have to be talked into scrapping. So um, the only thing that I—I'm—I'm I'm pretty sure, obviously, Amesbury is going to go for it against Schmidt. Um, the only thing that I could see him maybe preventing it is, of course, he does have the boxing match on Rough and Rowdy on the 9th. So he might, but you never know. But I think if they're both out there and, and you know, the invitation's thrown out, um, I can't see Amesbury really turning it down. So um, I have not been keeping up with the Federal League. I am not quite sure if Ames. I, I don't know if Amesbury's fought yet. I think he might have fought in his first game, but it was a pretty quick bout. Um... But yeah, it uh you know, we'll see. I know Schmidt fought Pace the other day again for uh, for the umpteenth time, but as they started going the linesman as he was closing in on the fight fell and wiped them all out like a bowling pin. So that ended the fight prematurely. Um but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh but yes, yeah, some uh some Daniel Amesbury news. Uh but uh and then uh I mean, we'll move away from that, and um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta bring this up um, once again. Twitter strikes in typical form. Um, of course, a couple weeks ago, you guys remember. I mean, it, it was all over social media, um, and it was the the Philadelphia Toronto game when Austin Matthews got into it at the end of the game and didn't do anything, and there was a big line, scrum, whatever, and Giordano had to come in for him, and it was Matthews and Konechny were getting into it, and whatever. <clears throat> and Mike Rupp took to social media and basically did a video breakdown, and was just basically questioning Matthews, like, what the fuck are you doing, and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm, I, and I played the audio on this show a few weeks ago. I'm sure everyone listening, or the majority of you listening, or... If you don't know what I'm talking about, just type in "right Mike Rupp talks about Austin Matthews," and you'll see his video breakdown. And he talks about it for about a minute and a half, and just was, like describing, like just saying how Matthews needs to kind of net up and everything else, and what's he doing. Um, anyway, so t- uh, today, uh, a gentleman named Sean Ferris on Twitter, um, who apparently works for Evolving Hockey and Hockey at Hockey Graphs. Uh, yeah, for my hockey content, love to tell stories with data is his uh, profile. So we know where this is going already. Um well, He just puts on Twitter like he's showing the clip of the of, or he's playing the Mike Rupp video of the breakdown, and then he he, he, he subtweets it's the Leafs are nine one and three since this freak tweeted this. See now, why? Like, what do we like? So Mike Rupp's a freak. And, and, it just, and it's funny, uh, I've said it on here a few times and everything else, um, I don't have an issue with the analytics people, or analytics in sports, um, they're another tool to use, I'm not that ignorant to say that they're not. Um, I'm not going to sit there and break down and, Oh, I know this, that, I mean, they have more stats and they've come up. Oh, that's another thing, folks. I don't know what I'm battling here. Uh, you know, cold and flu season here. So uh, pardon me. As I talk, sometimes my, I get irritated. I'll I'll cough a little bit. So I apologize. Um, anyway, um, I don't, I'm not going to go on and on. Like I know all the math formulas that these guys come up with and all this shit, whatever. Um, but they've they I've I've been on, now I've been on social media for ten years so I've read on Twitter I've seen all these hockey hockey guys back and forth or whatever. Um, I will say without a shadow of a doubt I have never and when it comes to hockey Twitter so to speak um, I mean fanboy goofs and all that I mean those are buffoons to begin with but uh, you know that kind of goes without saying but these. Analytic again. I'm not paintbrushing the entire analytic community, but I more often than not, I'm saying that these guy. And it wasn't like Mike Rupp was getting into an argument with this guy, and he was going back and forth. This guy just randomly tweeted this. The amount of arrogance, well, not and and just the ignorance shown to former players by these analytic guys, and and generally new fans in general. um, just oh the games changed, you don't get it, and all this stuff. And it's funny reading the replies to this, um all these I, I laugh at a lot a lot of these guys, they if you read their little fucking profiles, they really fancy themselves as like hockey experts and shit. They have no clue what Mike Rupp is talking about in this video. All they're upset about is he's making fun of their favoritist and, oh, and the one guy brings up, well, yeah, Mike Rupp maybe played 600 games, but he had 54 career goals. Austo had 60. Oh, okay. that That's not what he's talking about at all. And, they, but right away, the leaf little fanboys have to come in there and just, you know, so Rupp's a dummy and doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, who? I love that one. Like, th- that's, that's my favorite on, on Twitter, the genre of Twitter. Is these clowns that literally have seven followers and they tweet at some guy that has 50, 60, 100,000 million followers or whatever. Like, I don't, I, I don't know, Mike Rupp, how many? Yeah, Mike Rupp's got 82,000 followers. So some clown with seven, who are you? Like, oh, oh, sweet burn, bro. Yeah, you know, and like, uh, Yeah, oh, our franchise player should never be fighting and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, well, this guy, he's not wrong. This is exhibit A as to why they lost six straight first-round series. Of course, this guy, this is exhibit A as to why you and Rupp are clowns. You know, oh, yeah. But then you go look at his profile. Oh, Leafs, Jays, and Rapps. His Twitter handle is GoLeafsGo1985. Well, there you go. You're going to get a real, you know, honest opinion from that guy. Oh, yeah, and then Mike Rupp. Who's that? From a guy who calls himself Hockey Business. Hockey Business's focus is on the business side of hockey, of the industry, consumers, and fans. Well, yeah, Hockey Business. You have no business being in hockey if you're going to talk shit like that. Um You know, it, it is just, it's just embarrassing. Oh, uh, this one guy, yeah, he replied. I mean, this freak played 600 games in the NHL. This guy replied, yes, you did. One got 54 goals his whole career. One got 60 in a season. Two different players completely. And he knows that. Okay, well, and then what? Oh, James. Well, thanks, James. He's a, father, a man of integrity, humble and kind, sarcastic. Leafs fan, right there. There you go. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then this guy replies, and that's the point from the perspective of the guys who had to st- a perspective from the guys who had to stand up for Matthews. It's not exactly inspiring to see your star player shy away when things get heated, especially when the star player instigated the situation. Thank you, Cam. Exactly. Of course, this guy replies, I didn't see him instigate anything other than normal back and forth shit, uh, which none of which required any player to fight over. Well, but they did. Like you know, everyone's tried to go out, so they did. His teammates got in there as they should, like other teams do. Nothing more than that. And he knows that. Started something out of nothing, in my opinion. Yeah. And then this guy, again, he replies to it. Yes, it was relatively normal shit. Everyone knows Matthews was never going to have to fight in that situation. Yet he still refused to simply grab someone and pair up to show his teammates who jumped to his defense that he has their backs in the most minor way possible. You see, KM's getting it here. This is true, but I still don't think an ex-NHLer should be making such a video and pointing out every little detail in it. It's ridiculous. He was doing it to make him look bad. It's not a good look. Okay, well, first of all, dumb shit, did you not, Mike Rupp, he is a studio and color analyst for the NHL network. It's his fucking job. Like, oh. But again, the fans just can't get past it. That's, that's Rupp's job. And he's explaining, he explained in detail in the video what he's talking about. Oh, every little detail. No, did you even look at the video? Probably not. It's just, oh, it's just idiocy. Idiocy. And these, and these analytic guys that start, like, out of the blue, like, why, like, Mike Rupp's a freak. What does that, what does that mean? Like, why, why would you say that? Like, okay. Like, the thing that, that with these guys is when, when you say stupid shit like this, see, you know, uh, that's the thing. And on the, but on the next breath, you'll sit and cry that the hockey, the old boys in the hockey community and hockey culture don't support analytics cause they don't get it and blah, blah, blah. And we're the next generation and this is the wave of the future in hockey and all this. You, it's you little, Matt, you couldn't play. So you, and so you got your calculators out and came out with formulas to make you feel a part of the game. And that's fine. As I said at the start, I'm not discounting analytics. I think some people put way too much of a, 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 a emphasis on analytics. But I've always said with the analytic thing, the one thing that numbers can't do is you can't, numbers can't, no equation or numbers can, and a calculator, can calculate emotion. And heart, and what a physical presence brings, and that's why these analytic guys don't like these fourth line guys, the Mike Rups of the world, because they can't analyze them, they can't put a number on them. So, oh, they just become oh, they were old goons, they couldn't play anymore. They're goons, they're useless, and all this. Like Mike Rupp has spent, like you said, six hundred games in the NHL, won a Stanley Cup in the New Jersey Devils. He is he has been coached by by. Excellent hockey minds. He's been around star players, been on planes, been in dressing rooms, been on the bench, practiced with them, played with them. But you're just gonna fucking dismiss all that because your numbers say so. Like, because he only had 54 career goals. Okay, do you not like? And it's not just in hockey; it's in the world in general these days. But the it's amazing as a society in, in many walks of life how we no longer put any value into institutional knowledge. And sports has been great at, I mean, especially hockey. Because hockey has changed over the years, and the mindset towards the game has changed. And the rules have made the game different and everything. Like baseball and football and basketball have had, had slight rule changes and everything else. But nothing like hockey where... The, and the and the game dramatically changes at the end of the year when the playoffs come in football and baseball when the playoffs start the game doesn't change, it's, you know it's the same in hockey the game changes many times it's unbelievable the change in the game uh, come playoff time it's much more physical you know everyone's getting into it and it's the emotions are up and everything else um, hockey is the only sport in the world that does that that I that I can recall that I recall that. Or that I can think of that changes come playoff time that dramatically. Um, but wh- where was my point? What was I going with this? But yeah, it's just... But I, I, I've never seen... A, like like I said, I've been on social media for a long time on Twitter. Been immersed in hockey Twitter because... Not that I want to be, but I I, I need to be because of this show. I have to stay on top of things. Um uh, I've often said if it wasn't for this podcast, I probably wouldn't be on social media at all. Um, well, I wouldn't be on Twitter. I'd probably stay, I'd probably keep my Facebook account just cause I like putting up the pictures and the videos and, and interacting with people and on that, in that form. Um, Twitter, Twitter drives me nuts. Like with just, like I said, with these buffoons. And, and like I said, you don't have to agree with Mike Rupp. I'm not saying you know, whatever, but to sit there and name call him and then just dismiss him like, oh, he was just a goof, like, or a freak or whatever. It's just like, you know, at the same time, but if someone goes and dismisses your little pie graph, oh, all, all of a sudden it's, oh, what do you mean? You don't get it. And this isn't hockey now and you're old. You don't understand. And, you know, you jump up and down and whatever, but, but it's okay for you to run around and call, like I said, you're, like, just think about the just as I say it. Just think of the idiocy. Here is someone who played six hundred professional or six hundred NHL games, won a Stanley Cup, is now an analyst on the NHL Network, and you fucking bozos on Twitter with your eight followers are going to call him a mor— he doesn't a moron and a goof and a freak and he doesn't get it. And like, just what are we doing? What are we doing? And you see it all the time. It was the other night. It was like, well, Grant Fuhrer was getting into it with some troll. And this guy's like, oh, what do you know? Yeah, you won five rings 30 years ago. Okay. Like, is that, like, was that? that's your big burn? Yeah, you won championships, but they were three decades ago. Well, yeah, because the dude's in his 60s now. Like, yeah, Okay. I I don't think that's the big savage come burn like you think it is there, dude. But this but these are these idiots, and and I mean some of them are trolls and they'll just chirp off and whatever. But other people legitimately think that, and like I said, it's just the ignorance of it all just it gets to me. And and like I said, just to dismiss. A former player's opinion is, is so—you like, don't have to agree with it. I don't agree with everything every ex-player says. That's not the point of what I'm saying here. But uh, you can't dismiss it. Like, oh, you know, like what would you know, really? But you have all these people say, "Oh, don't worry about it, Sean. Yeah, it's just a goon." Like they're siding with Calculator Boy here. Like he has any experience in any of this? You know, never been in a fucking locker room in his life. Never played a sport. You know, he has no idea. Oh, he can, he can go on break down the stats for you. And oh, this guy's ice time and you know how fast he skates through the neutral zone on Tuesdays and daylight savings time. But I mean, other than that, like, you know, he couldn't actually perform it though, but, and he'll sit and call an ex NHL player a freak. It's just, like I said, the ignorance and it's just like I, and just as a society, it's amazing. You know, and maybe I get, maybe I'm more sensitive to it as I get older, you know, and it's just, you know, because I've been told a million times on Twitter and everything that I'm out of touch. And I see the young guys at work. I listen to them talk. I see it on social media, you know, and I was there. I went through all that in my late teens and 20s and early 20s and stuff when, yeah, you think you're smart, you know, everything. And as you get older, you quickly realize you didn't really fucking know anything, um, you know, but you, you can't learn, you'll learn that through. Um, Time Right And uh, Yeah But I, I So I think it I guess as I Like I said As I get older I guess I'm more sensitive to it When it's But I, I just I, I just don't understand this uh, We just dismiss um, Experience and It's just Mind blowing to me But anyway that That's my rant On that type of thing um, What else am I going to talk about Um uh, hold on. Where's my no- Where's my sticky notes here? Like I said, I wrote everything down. So, um, oh yeah, player spotlight. Um, yeah. Well. Um, oh yeah. What do I say? I didn't say it at the start of these episodes. I'm not going to talk for long today, folks. Um, I probably won't actually. As I said, it's almost ten o'clock on Tuesday night here, and I still have to upload it and do all that shit. So, um, I will. I'm not that I'm going to rush through this, but um, I really don't have too much more to you know. Well, I have something else at the end, but. Yeah, I'll I'll do this now. And now, a message from our sponsors. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That wasn't enough excitement. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at even a bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah, today's Player Spotlight. Um, as I said, you could always, you know, there's lots of them and stuff, but I, I happen to be, um, what was I doing? Somebody sent me a link to his fight the other night um, at John Erskine. You know, big old D-man. Um, yeah, and and it got me thinking. I'm like, yeah, there's a guy. I haven't really heard much about him lately since his retirement. And um, I always liked Erskine. And, again, he was an OHL guy <coughs> in the late 90s. So I didn't see a lot of him. Um, but some of the fights... Oh, I was going to say with the player spotlight, I've people have been really enjoying them. And that's cool. And, um, but I, I often get, why are well, you just trying to talk about the NHL stuff? Why don't you ever mention junior or the minors and stuff? I mean, I would, but I, I want to talk about fights that are on YouTube. So as, maybe as you're listening to the episode, you can go on YouTube and like follow along and watch the fights that I'm talking about. I mean, I don't want to sit, well, I, I put on one of my fight DVDs and I watched a bunch of his fights. Oh, you guys should see them. They're great, but they're not on YouTube. So you'll, they won't make any sense or won't mean anything to you when you can't see it or you just get frustrated or you should see this fight. It's the greatest fight I've ever seen. I haven't put it on YouTube yet though, but you know, someday you might see it. I mean, that's not really, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, um, if, if their fights are up there, I'll maybe from now on, maybe I'll mention some of them, which I do in this episode or this episode, which I do in this spotlight with Erskine. Um, so going forward, if I know maybe a junior fight or an NHL or a minor league fight is on um, YouTube. That's particularly good. I'll I'll mention it. I'm not trying to just. Uh, that was the only reason I was sort of being NHL um, focused on these player spotlights, just due to the fact that the footage is there. Um, if so, for those asking, that's why. Um, oh, believe me, I would love to. Do like an AHL guy and break it all down if all their fights were on there. You know, I'd actually much prefer that over an NHL guy, but you know, it's, I'm just doing this out of, you know, just cause like I said, the footage is out there. So, but, uh, with John Erskine, yeah, he's an Ontario guy, born in Kingston, uh, 6'4", 225. Um, yeah, he played, uh, three years with the London Knights in the, uh, Ontario Hockey League. Uh, was drafted by the Dallas Stars in the second round, 39th overall in the 98 draft. Um, ended up playing 491 NHL, career NHL games, 54 points, 865 minutes. Um, the problem with Erskine is he was really, he, he had, he was injury prone and it was concussions. And, uh, I think that's ultimately what, um, uh, kind of, kind of led to an, led to an early retirement. Ah, give or... to Well, maybe not. He was 33, but he had battled a lot of injuries and stuff like that, but still 491 games for a guy that played that way and a big defenseman like that that had some tough injuries. Um but yeah, it um I I will say at the at the start, uh, as I said he was an OHL guy, some of the OHL fights that are available that I highly recommend you checking out on YouTube. Um First is a fight with Darcy Harris and Darcy Harris is tremendous. There's another guy. I'm a big fan of Darcy Harris. Um, he uh, there's the fight is it's on like three different there's three different videos of it. Um, I would go to the the YouTube uh, channel uh, Chewy Luke 1. Um, you'll see if you type in John Erskine versus Darcy Harris, the first three videos, I think it's the third one. It's, that's the name of the, of the uh, account. The other two, the footage is really shitty, but this one, the Chewy Luke 1 channel, it's, it's really clear and that is a great fight. They go toe to toe. Um, a couple other junior fights, uh, actually two of these are on my, um, fourth line voice YouTube channel. A great fight with Kip Brennan and a really good fight with Sean McMorrow in the OHL. And, uh, another one with Brendan Coulter, um, those are the, those are the kind of the four OHL fights I can, I can recommend to you, um, yeah, Erskine looks dominant, and I know the fight with him and, and Kip Brennan, in OHL circles at the time, that was considered like the heavyweight championship fight, and, um, yeah, it, it was a great tilt, and, um, yeah, definitely check those out, I was really happy that, that those were on YouTube, um, well, his, uh, his first year of pro, he turns pro. It's 2000, 2001. He plays, uh, it's actually the final season in the IHL with the Utah Grizzlies. He plays 77 games. He has, uh, 284 minutes of penalties. And, um, yeah. And I mean, he, you know, um, ha- has some, uh, great fight card. Darcy Hortichuk, Barry Drager, uh, Wade Brookbank, Mike Ruark, uh, Dodie Wood. Um, it actually fights Marty McSorley in Marty's, uh, when Marty was playing for the Grand Rapid Griffins that year. Um, I have, I have that Grand Rapid DVD. That is, uh, it says unfair. I'm looking at Erskine's old drop your gloves card. Oh, I should bring up Erskine had 80 NHL career fights according to drop your gloves. I have his old drop your gloves card up here. So that's kind of what I'm going by. Um, it says McSorley. It says unfair. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but I'll have to look that up. I have that DVD somewhere. Um, but yeah, 2001, 2001-2002. Uh, as I said, he was drafted by the Dallas Stars. Um, he he makes his NHL debut. He's just 21 years old, man. And uh, he, he splits duties between the Utah, which is now in the American League. He plays 39 games there. But he also plays 33 games um, with, with the Dallas Stars that year. And uh, yeah, nine fights. So he comes out of the gate hard. And, um, again, uh, his first, well, he has a preseason fight with Scott Parker. It's not bad. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, Parker catches him and, uh, it's hard to tell from the camera angle if Parker catches him clean, but, uh, it's sort of a TKO, TKO-ish, but it's a loss nonetheless. But again, your, starts off with Parker in the preseason. Um, he gets sent down. Um, but his actual, when he comes back up in December, December 22nd, uh, is in Columbus and it's his first regular season NHL fight. And it is against Jody Shelley of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, um, yeah, solid tilt. They go back and forth. Like I said, two big guys, kind of, kind of stretched out, kind of Jersey jabbing. Um, it's, it's interesting. The first couple years of going down the Erskine rabbit hole, Erskine actually doesn't do a lot of jersey jabbing. He's, he he leans back and he's got his arm back, but it, I'm, it's and he's he's strictly a right-handed fighter for sure. Um, but yeah, he doesn't really throw a lot of the jersey jabs, which is interesting. Shelley certainly did in this fight, um, but it was bad. It wasn't bad, but uh, January 18th uh, against Florida, he fights Paul Laws, which was kind of eh, you know whatever. It wasn't much of a fight. But then he fights Joey Tedarenko, and this fight is awesome. And uh, for those that don't know, I had Joey Tedarenko on the show last year. I've actually had him on twice. Um, The first time, of course, we did his whole career, talked about all that. The second time was like his five toughest opponents. And both times were really great, but I really encourage you to go back and check out the... And it's got to be, oh, it's got to be like episode six or seven, I think. It was one of the... I did it on my old platform, and then I re-uploaded it. Cause it was such a good interview. Joey Tedderanko was a tremendous interview. Really nice guy. A lot of fun to talk to. And I always, I always encourage everybody, um, as far as the back catalog goes to check out that interview cause he tells some really great NHL stories. And I'm, I mean, it's been uh, three years ago since I think that interview. So I'm pretty sure we probably would have talked about this fight cause it was so good. But yeah, him and him and Erskine smacked the shit out of each other. And one thing is quickly evident when you watch this fight is, uh, well, Joey as well, but John Erskine can take a punch, and he does not. They hammer each other, and that that's a really good one. I can't. I that would be my highlight fight of O one O two for for John Erskine would be to definitely um, check out that fight with Joey Tedarenko. Um And then it's interesting. The following year after that, O two O three, he only plays sixteen games with Dallas and ends up playing fifty two in Utah. Um, Yeah, oh, yeah, oh two, oh three, 3 And, um, he has a couple fights with Sean Thornton in the preseason. Um, it, it's weird seeing Thornton wearing the Chicago Blackhawks jersey. Um, they, they have two fights in the same game. and eh, give, give a couple, take a couple. They're not, you know, it's nothing too spectacular. Um, right at the end of the year, the new year, he, uh, he gets called up, fights Reed Low, Buckberger, Nazaroff. Eh, whatever. Um, his fight with, uh, Brad May though on uh, February 21st that Brad Mays playing for Phoenix that's a really good fight. Um you know they they go toe to toe, good good scrap. Um and then he gets sent back down. And he finishes out the season in the American League. Um then we start the 0304 year. Uh he plays 30 th- he's 23 years old, kind of starting to get, you know, kind of getting his feet wet and uh yeah, 0304 is kind of he plays five games in, in the American League, but he plays uh, 32 games in the NHL. And, uh, this is kind of where, like, you can see he kind of, he kind of gets the, the, the injury bug here. Um, he starts off, he starts off really fast. Uh, he has three fights in the preseason. Chris Simon, DJ King, and Chris McAllister. Um, definitely look up the DJ King, uh, fight. Um, they're, they're, I will say, DJ King land well there's another guy I'm gonna do a player spotlight on DJ King actually I want to get him on the show um he lands some heavy shots on Erskine in this fight um and erskine really shows his chin um he doesn't go down but he he takes some shots um but it's it's a good one um and he fights uh, Burnett Matt Johnson Shelley again um and then he gets hurt and he comes uh he, he kind of and then he comes back in November a little bit um, and he kind of, and one of his first fights back, he fights Chris McAllister again. Um, uh, and he, and he kind of catches McAllister. I'd give us you know, kind of a TKO, uh, win for him. That's a big win. Um, you know, a couple nights later, he fights Garrett Burnett, cuts him open. Um, and then, and then again, right out a couple weeks later, he fights Grant Marshall and, and drops Marshall. And he looks really strong in that fight. So, you know, it, it, in the, in the space of about, uh, a week and a half, he has two TKO wins and busts up Garrett Burnett. So, um, I, you, you can kind of feel like he's kind of getting the feeling here, um, you know, of NHL life. And, uh, you know, and then we, of course, we go into the 4 season. Of course, unfortunately for, for everyone, um, was the lockout year, but he's in, uh, he's in, U- or, uh, Houston, pardon me, <clears throat> plays 61 games, has 238 minutes. 18 fights and again he has fights with uh Brandon Sugden, Yablonski, Vandermeer three times, Rocky, Tutu, Doug Doll. Um yeah, so he's really finding his way here. And then 0506 is his first time um in the NHL. He's a, you know, he plays 0506. He starts with Iowa three games, but then he's actually um you know, and then he's with Dallas. Plays 26 games with Dallas and then he's traded to the Islanders at the dead 34 games with them. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, the split year there. Um, he, he has 14 tilts. Um, that's, that's the one thing with Erskine as we go on in his career here. Um, his fighting really declines. His fight card is tremendous. He's always fighting tough guys, but he really dials down the fighting. And I think, you know, obviously with the injuries that he's had and everything else, um, yeah, it just it slows down his his overall fighting, but the fights are still really good. He just doesn't do it a lot. But uh this one he fights Peros. It's interesting when he fights Peros uh in the one game. Um uh, it's it's weird to see George with no mustache. He's playing with the LA Kings, he's like what is he, fifty number fifty-six, I think that's his number, uh, with the Kings, and he's he's got no stash. But actually the one night when they fight, it's uh October twentieth, it's the second time that year that they fought. Uh, Peros actually has a Gordie hat trick that night. So, um, you know, overall, the fight's not bad. It's, I mean, it's not the, you know, it's not, was it the greatest fight ever? No, but you know, it's two big guys, but it's a decent scrap. Um, later that year, probably his two big fights that year. Nah. Uh, actually, Cam Jansen, uh, March 2nd and then March 7th. Uh, and this is when he's playing with, with Erskine's playing with the Islanders. Of course, in typical fashion, the fights go for about a minute and a half each. And they're long drawn out affairs. And I will say with Cam when you watch these fights, um watch the watch Jansen's the way he counter punches Erskine. It's really interesting. Because of course Erskine's got the length on him, right? And he's got him stretched out. But every time Erskine goes, like Cam will just kind of go with the punch. But quickly comes back and he counter punches. In the one fight, he must counter punch and land solid about six times. And, uh, yeah, you'll know what I mean when you watch it. Watch both of them, he does it. But Cam's really good at, like, the counter punching. Um, you know, I know on Drop Your Gloves, they got, Cam, uh, Erskine losing both of the fights. Yeah, I mean. Like I said, they go back and forth. They're they're so long. The stamina both these guys have. The stamina Jansen has is unbelievable. I mean, but Erskine's with him the whole way, and um, you know, and for a big guy like that at his size to carry the weight that he's carrying to fight for a minute, and especially a defenseman. I mean, that's the thing. The ice time that he's getting, and then to go fight a guy for a minute and a half. I mean, unbelievable cardio. And uh yeah, and then he, he has a really good fight with Andre Waugh, who at that time is playing for Pittsburgh um, again, uh, you know, decent fight, and then, uh, he rounds out the year, um, with a really, with a really strong fight with, um, uh, Eric Karens, uh, Karens hits a guy from behind, kind of, guy kind of turns into the boards, you can tell him, but Karens is so bloody big, right, he just squishes the shit out of this guy. Um, but right away, Erskine just beelines to him and they square off and they go and Erskine catches him and Karen's goes down. Um, he wasn't lying there. You know, trainers didn't have to come out or anything, but Erskine catches him and, uh, you know, and it, it was just a solid looking win for John. And, um, yeah. So that's how he, that's how he ended that, he ended that season. Um, and then it's interesting. 06 07, It's, you know, after all that, He he gets sent to Hershey, which is kind of weird. Like, he plays in the preseason. Then he goes to Hershey. um, And then he's traded to Washington. And he ends up playing uh, uh, 29 games that year. Um, Gets into six tilts. Uh, You know, Chris, uh, and he has some, actually, some really good fights. Um, One with Chris Simon, when Simon's with with the Islanders. Um, That's not bad. Uh, has a really good fight with, uh, Brian McGrattan, And, um, you know, they're going back. Like I said, two big guys are going back and forth toe to toe. McGratton kind of catches them. Um, but it's a really good fight. I encourage you to go back and check that out. It's McGrattan's with Ottawa. And, um, you know, later that, two nights later, he fights Sean Thornton, who's playing for Anaheim at this time. They kind of go toe to toe. There's a little bit of blood. Again, not a bad fight. Um, yeah. And then round three versus Cam Jansen, you know, which is always entertaining. Um, you know, so it's, it's a real, uh, kind of a, a different year. And like I said, at this point, he's, he's really fighting less and less. Um, but again, when you, when you bring up Chris, Simon, McGrath, and Thornton and Jansen, it's like, you know, yeah, maybe the fight numbers are down, but I mean, the fight card certainly isn't. Um, you know, so now he's a full-time member in Washington, and he never, you know, what, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, he plays the next seven seasons in Washington. And, um yeah, unfortunately, 50 games, 73. He has the ones 2010, 2011, he plays 73 games. But then after that, the next season is 28 games, 30 games, 37 games. So you can see injuries are starting to really kind of catch up to him. But uh 708 he plays 51 games. Again, just the five tilts. But he fights Andrew Peters. Um, that's one guy I'm, I'm going to bring up. I know when you mention Andrew Peters, you kind of get the scoff, you know, the scoff laugh or whatever. But Peters is a big guy. I know he ruffled some feathers and whatever. and um, He kind of gets shit on. But that's a guy I really like to go. Um, I'd like to do another. Um, I'd like to uh, kind of go down the YouTube rabbit hole with him because I don't know. He's I don't know what. Like, he fought Brian McGrath six or seven times, and he looked, he did really well against Big Earn, and, and he does well here against Erskine. Like, I give him the win in this one, too. And it's like, I don't, like I said, Peter's like, Peter, people like to shit on Peters, but it's like, I don't know, he's pretty good. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. At least that's stuff I've seen. Like I said, maybe I'll go down the rabbit hole and be, kind of turned off. but Because right now in this middle of the 2000s, 06, 07, 09, you know, all that, I really wasn't – this is when I was sort of out of hockey at this point. I really wasn't paying much attention. I mean, I watched – there were still guys around, like I said, Erskine and Brookbank and Lucic and Goddard and stuff. But I just – you know, it was just with work and everything that was going on in my life at the time, I really wasn't paying all that much attention. Um, but um, it was a real good time for some heavyweights for sure. And, uh, like I said, he fights Peters. I uh, probably picked up the L on this one, but then he fights Lucic, which is actually a really good fight. And, uh, he kind of gives it to Lucic. He, he, uh, he lands some pretty good shots on Lucic. Um, fights Brook, Wade Brookbank. Um, again, pretty solid, pretty solid showing two big guys. Give it a draw. Um, and then, then he, uh, he fights, uh, uh, Goddard. And again, uh, this one's a really solid tilt. And Goddard, again, I, I, I give Goddard the win, but it's a really good fight that I would encourage people to check out. But because Goddard's with Calgary at the time, he had just come up, and um, he lands he lands some solid some solid shots. Um, you know, we we move on to o eight o nine again fifty two games, just the three fights, but of the three fights. Um, you know, it's Bolton, Belak, and Wrecker. The fight with Bolton isn't much. The fight with Wade Belak is really good. Um, it's solid back and forth. Wade's with Nashville at the time. And, um, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd, you know, draw, you, you know, either way, but yeah, great fight with, with Belak. Um, and then right at the end of the year, he fights, uh, Joel Reckless, who I mean, Joel Reckless is tremendous. Um, again, yeah, I mean, is it like the greatest fight ever? No, but you know, they go back and forth. It's, it's a good showing for both guys. Um, you know, at this point, like I said, um, uh, he's, he's kind of really slowing down with injuries and that type of thing. Um, again, again, yeah, we get to the 09 2010 season, plays 50 games, five tilts. Um, Sean Thornton, LaRocque, Kochi, Thorburn, um, the fight with Larocque is interesting because George is with Montreal at the time. And, you know, George is kind of at the end of his career at that point. Um, they're they're kind of face-to-face. And the play is going on. And they're yapping. And uh, I think George kind of wants to back it off and square off. But Erskine just like, all right, let's go. And he just throws the glove off and they start swinging right away. <coughs> Pardon me. It's not that he jumped him or anything, but... I, I think I think George was kind of looking for a square off and erskine wasn't doing it um, Erskine lands about you know four or five kind of really quick shots and sort of tackles them um, it, it wasn't the much it wasn't much of a fight, but in saying that from probably from the from the the optical of it and on the Washington bench, I'm thinking that was pro, that was a big win for the Capitals in the sense that it was in Washington. LaRocque at this point is sort of the kingpin of the league and your guy kind of, you know, for lack of a better term ends up on top, you know, and land, basically landed the only punches in the fight. Um, it was a good showing for Erskine in that sense. Um, yeah. And then he fights, uh, Kochi later that season. Kochi really actually drills. Uh, Mike Green from behind and Erskine, uh, comes flying in and, uh, actually comes completely out of his gear. I don't, I didn't watch the whole thing to see if they, I'm sure they probably booted him for not being tied down. I think his tie down either got ripped off or whatever, but he kind come, of comes out of his gear. Coach, he kind of actually kind of gives it to him a little bit, but that co- uh, Coach's hit on Mike Green is pretty, pretty stiff for sure. Um, as I was saying when I was reading down his Washington career, uh, the 2010-2011 year, that's his final kind of full season in the NHL where he plays 73 games. Uh, he, he has the eight fights. Um, he's, and of course, this is why he's got the long hair and shit. Um, you know, his first fight of that year is with Lucic. And I'm sure Lucic at that point was looking for, because it's a few seasons after Erskine kind of hammered him. So, you know Lucic is looking for the rematch. And uh this one's a pretty good fight. They, you know, I would say Lucic gets, gets his revenge a little bit. Um, you know, a couple shots thrown either way. But it's a strong showing for Lucic. And I'm sure that probably, in his mind, maybe righted a few wrongs, you know, after his first showing against him. Um, but actually, Erskine's best fight of the year this year is against Eric Bolton, who's playing for the Atlanta at the time. And they go toe, they go for a while and they toe to toe. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a really solid fight. I would definitely, yeah, Eric Bolton, John Erskine, definitely check that one out. Great fight. Um, January 1st, he fights Mike Rupp at the outdoor game. Um, again, really solid fight. Um, it was just cool. The whole vibe, the outdoor game, the, just the, the look of it. I actually have some really cool, um, pictures from that. Um, you know, with the square off and everything, it, it looks pretty, and you can see the outdoors and all that. It's a pretty cool picture, but, uh, yeah, solid, solid fight. Um, yeah, and that's actually, yeah, like I said, that's his last kind of really full season in, in the NHL. Um, he plays three more years after that, really injury filled, um, in 2011, 2012. He only plays 28 games. Um, he has three fights. Actually, three pretty solid fights. Chris Thorburn, Aaron Asham, uh, and Bracken Kern. Who the fuck is Bracken Kerns? I don't even know who that is. Um, but the Asham fight, this is after Asham had dropped Jay Beagle. Of course, the infamous go to sleep after Asham did the gestures. Well, this is the next game. And Erskine immediately goes after Aaron Asham. And... um You know he he gave it to her I mean there's obviously size difference and Ashton's a tough guy It's not like he dropped him or anything but Erskine was that Washington was definitely looking for revenge in this and it was in Washington After like I said all the shit that went down with Beagles, you know, Erskine was just chomping for it So they immediately got that going Um, but yeah other than that he has the three fights that year really short season um 2012-2013, he plays 30 games, has the two fights with Peros and George Thornton, or George Peros and Sean Thornton, neither fight was really too much, and then in his final year, 2013-2014, 37 games, three tilts, but his final, While he kind of gets into a, his final fight is in March 5th, again, in Philadelphia, it's a line brawl, and he ends up actually fighting Vincent Lecavillet, kind of they're all piled up and he kind of comes out, but he stands up and the is the guy that grabs him. He throws a few shots at Vinny and Vinny, they, they go down again and Cavalier throws when we're going down. But other than that, I wouldn't call it some huge fight, but that was sort of his last fighting major. His last real fight before that was January 10th against Colton or and it was actually a, I, I would give him a TKO win in that fight with or, um, again, they both land some big shots and, uh, yeah, he ends up catching or, and, uh, Again, it's not like they're scooping or up with the trainer or anything, but nice win for John. And uh, yeah, that's sort of the the you know the cherry on the ice on the on this career. Um, you know, that was kind of his last uh, real fight in the NHL. Was a TKO win over Colt Norris, so not a bad way to go out. And uh, yeah, like I said, um, you know, a big guy. Unfortunately, with the injury problems and everything, but he did a ton of fighting in junior and in the minors before getting there um you know and that's the thing like these guys you know if you start i'm i'm looking up he probably had 25 fights his first year junior probably 20 more a second i'm just at about 10 in his third and then in the i in the ihl his first full season he's got about 20 and then you know and then that lockout year and everything else i mean you know, before he even gets to the NHL, you're looking at someone that's got 100-plus fights under their belt. And, I mean, that mileage, it takes its toll on you. Especially a big guy, and he's playing defense, so he's getting a lot of ice. And, you know, and with that, I mean, you're hitting, getting hit, blocking shots, putting in regular ice time. It wasn't like he was the fourth-line, three-minute guy. You know, you're on D, so you're playing all the time. You know, obviously the third-pairing guy. And it was just like... Yeah, it just starts, and especially guys that big, it's just, it starts taking their toll. And unfortunately, um, you know, his career kind of, you know, he, he played years, but I mean, they were all sort of, you know, 20, 50 games, 30 games, you know, so unfortunately, um, yeah, injuries really took their toll. But, but hey, 491 NHL games, nothing to sneeze at. Um, had a solid career, was a tough guy. And I had fun going down the rabbit hole. Again, our, you know, it, it was he the most exciting electrifying fighter to ever come through the NHL. No, I'm not saying that, but here's a big guy, did what he had to do. Um, some really great fights though. And you'll see what I mean. He, there's some friggin' bombs landed in some, the fights that I talk about. Um, there are some bombs landed in that. And Erskine's got a great chin. I'll give him that. And, uh, you know, right from those junior fights right to the end. Um, you know the fights with Cam Jansen, DJ King. You really see his chin, and he takes the shots of Belac, and 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 keeps coming. So yeah, no, I was a, I was always a big fan of John Erskine. Um, I know he had a really bad last a few years back. He had a really bad accident, and uh, I haven't really heard much more about him after that. I'm not gonna. I might have been a driving well impaired deal. I'm not, you know, whatever. I won't start. I don't, I don't, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. Uh, well, I think that was brought up, but I don't know what the whole, what his injuries sustained, like how he's come back from that. Um, he has no social media presence, so I don't know. Um, you know, or at least maybe if he does, I've been missing it. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, I was always a fan. And, uh, yeah, and I was, and it was kind of, that's the one thing I was going to say with these player spotlights that I really enjoy. Um, with a lot of these fights, um, well actually, not so, and, and Erskine actually, a lot of the fights I looked up were, were kind of new to me, I, like I said, I was kind of out of the game at that point, so I hadn't seen, like I hadn't seen the McGratton fight I don't think, or the Orr the or ones, or anything like that, I certainly didn't see the DJ King one, which was really fun, um, Bolton I had never seen, so, it was cool to to, to, to visit, to go down that rabbit hole and see those fights for the first time, and then to go back and see the, <coughs> his older stuff, and, uh, yeah and like I said just to kind of get a you know it's fun to sit here and and go through the fight card and uh yeah I've really I've, I have to honestly say I've really I've been really enjoying doing these player spotlights so it's been fun like as much as you guys have been telling me that you enjoy doing them or enjoy listening to them I've uh, been enjoying doing them so yeah um yeah guys other than that like I said it's like almost 10 30 here and someone's got to work in the five in the morning. So uh, I think my wife's getting ready, to, getting ready to go to bed too. But uh, yeah, the last kind of the, the, the last thing that I, I wanted to bring up, um, it, it, it was kind of, uh, I'm just finding it here on, on Twitter. It was like, as I was saying, typically with the, with the troll thing, um, hold on, I'm going to find it here. Yeah, here it is. It, it kind of, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was when Toronto was in New Jersey and they were getting pelted with the beers and all that stuff at the end of the game. And, and Marner had, had quoted, it's full beers, it's dangerous, we're not looking for that, we're not seeing it coming. Dodged a couple, it's a dangerous thing, I don't know why it's uh, well, I don't know why it's our fault. They're throwing it and trying to hit us. It's the first time I've ever seen this, um, was this quote about Mitch Marner on New Jersey fans throwing garbage on the ice during the Leafs 2-1, 2-1 win. So I simply replied, you're wearing equipment. And can you get drunk for free? What's the problem here? Obviously a tongue-in-cheek kind of, uh, 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 j- jokey type, uh, tweet. Well, old, uh, slow, deep and hard. Of course, there you go with his nine followers has to reply. Um, you look for any reason to cr-, and he does follow, he, well, he did follow my account. I blocked him afterwards because it's like you're a goof, but. You look for any reason to criticize modern NHL players because you're bitter about your life. It's pretty sad, to be honest. Um, I I find it funny that all of a sudden every troll, they're they're Twitter psychologists. I I guess I'm bitter with my life. Uh, No, actually, my life is, um, uh, I'm not bitter about it at all. It's actually my life's pretty good. Um, You know, I get great wife and happy marriage and a decent job and pension and my family's healthy and happy and my parents are both doing well and my brother's doing well and his wife's great and uh they have two i have two great nieces and i have nephews and the in-laws are cool uh yeah so yeah sorry man i mean i might do the podcast and yell and scream and rant and rave and i think some people might think i'm Fucking bitter at the world or everything. I'm not bitter at all. I, what do I have to be bitter about? Um, so I, I I found it, um, just sort of eye rolling and and that type of thing. Um, you know, and it, and it, to be pretty sad. And it's funny so I'm like, oh yeah. So I kind of look at this guy's profile, and oh yeah, he's got every every, every sort of checks, checks every box of alpha male the supposed social media alpha male lifestyle which kind of leads me to my last little I'm not going to go on about too much but I've seen it a lot lately um just on my timeline and stuff like that um I it's amusing to to read what people's idea what some people's idea of an alpha male is um I there there are some of you out there that and i see it on my timeline from friends and stuff, on facebook or whatever you try way too hard um and you're the the idea that you know it's it you have to act hard and all this shit and it's like you know it's just the stereotype that just it cracks me up um it's i don't know and it, and it's your typical you know your influencers, so to speak, in the and these social media accounts. The loudest voice see, uh, is obviously the one that's listened to, and these guys look at them like some guiding force to the alpha male world. And you know, and everybody else is beta, and it's all depends on, you know, oh, we can tell if you're alpha or if you're beta by by this, by who you voted for, and blah blah blah, and everything else. Oh yeah, sure, okay, that that's alpha and beta, is it? Yeah, right. But it's, it's amazing how, as a society, we've just become so enamored. I've never, I put it this way, I've never had to go on social media or walk around bang, pounding my chest to convince people that I'm an alpha male. I don't, what the, what does that mean? You know, like, it's just, like, I mean, I know what alpha male is rhetorical. I know what it means. But to me, uh, you know, getting up, going to work, supporting your family, Helping family and friends, empathy, um, being a, just being a good human, uh, helping your neighbor, all that type of thing, helping people when you can. Um, you know, that's alpha. I standing there doing a few arm curls and yelling about whatever and. And putting up Peaky Blinders memes is an alpha. That You know, if that's your idea of alpha, I guess. Life ain't, life isn't a movie. I hate to break it to you. Life isn't a movie. So you can have all your little cute little movie quotes and, you know, that you're all these fucking Johnny Badass sayings and everything else. It's like, well, that doesn't make you alpha. And you, buddy, here, sitting there telling me I'm bitter and all this and, oh, you're the the alpha male and everything, I could just tell by reading your profile, you're probably about 19, 20 years old, sitting in your bedroom on your iPhone, tweeting away, putting up all your little Peaky Blinders memes and and all this shit and the liver king and all this and side hustle bro and everything else and every, you know, oh, and the bitches and all this stuff, dude, you're about as fucking useful as a white crayon. Like you don't know your shit from apple butter about life. So stay stay in school, get an education, learn something, and then try to be go be a productive member of society. That's alpha. Your bullshit side hustle, yeah, you side hustle. I always laugh at all these people. They they want a side hustle, but nobody actually wants to. Basically, you want to make money for nothing. You want to try to find some magic pill or magic formula where you can make money for nothing. Oh, I'm just going to start a podcast. Oh, sure, that'll yeah, you know. I'm not just, like I said at the start of the show, I encourage anybody to start a podcast. I've had people ask me, should I start a podcast? Would you start a podcast? And my, first of all, my answer, and it's not to discourage them or anything else, but I would be like, well, if you're not serious about it, no, because why, why waste your time or, you know, and I think that's the thing. And it's like, well, I want to get on this now. I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, okay, go for it. But the amount of effort that's required to do this, you got to put in time. You got to do some, if you're going to do it well or, you know, or whatever, I mean, you got to put in some time, you got to put in some research and everything else. Um, and a lot, I found a lot of people don't, what do they say? Every, for every pod, most podcasts end after, what is it? I think somebody said 11 episodes, I think was the average. Well, and there's been a million podcasts try and they stop right away. Cause I think people don't realize the time that goes into it. And anything you go on YouTube, oh, you just see these YouTube creators. Well, yeah, but a lot of time and work went into that. But all these people love to yell about side hustles, bro. Oh yeah, are you gonna put the work in? No, you just want free money. So it's not really a side hustle, then, is it? So anyway, I know I'm off on a tangent here, but it kind of cracked me up when I was told I was bitter and uh, and what was it? Uh, Oh, you're bitter, and it's oh. I criticize modern players because you're bitter about your life. Well, so I made funny. I made f- funny your favoritists, so you're mad at me. Oh. I, I always find the the hypocrisy of this because normally I've been told like I shit on players and I criticize them and all this. It's like no, I don't. In that co- in that saying, you, I, when I was oh you get free beer and everything, oh well, clearly I wasn't being serious. But I, I've always said to anybody I. Challenge you to go back through all my Tweets all these episodes Tell me when I've actually shit On a player Now hold on I've shit on Actions they've done And if they do soft shit or stupid Shit I'll call them on it but have I Have you ever heard me say Austin Matthews sucks and he's a bitch And, a, and he shouldn't be in the league or this Guy sucks and he can't skate And he's the shits and why we draft him He's a bum and I, no I would never do that I've never done that. I know how hard it is. I would never do that. Like I said, I've criticized their actions. But these same guy, as he's telling me, all I do is criticize modern players. The third tweet down on his in his profile, he's calling Jacob Trupa a bum and everything else. It's like, well, what are you doing? That's all you you're the one that criticizes the players. I'm not. I criticize their actions. It's completely different. I'm not criticizing. What, am I, what, am I, what credibility do I have to knock a professional athlete in terms of their ability? None. I wish others would learn that. So no, I would never do that. I'll criticize their actions, but not them as athletes. That's ridiculous. But you all do. I have podcasts on this network. That's all they do is shit on players. It's embarrassing. Well, Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Jim Rome, there's people that have made careers out of this. They've made millions of dollars. Shit-talking elite-level athletes. To me, that's a fucking embarrassment. But they clearly have an audience for it. People love to hear people get shit on. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. I'm ranting here. It's late at night. It's been a long day. It's been a long week here. Um, I I want to say I w- I want to thank people. I'm not going to get too much into my personal life, but my wife has battled some health issues here the last few days. Um I had to take her rushed her to the hospital on Friday. We were in the emergency room for 10 hours. That's a that's the state of our health system in Saskatchewan. Um but uh again, you know, kidney stone whatever. She had really bad pain, like knee buckling pain was pasty and you know, got her in there and, um, you know, that, that's been a whole process and everything, but, uh, you know, um, she, I think she has some surgery coming up here and everything, but so not looking forward to that, but, uh, I want to thank everybody who reached out. Um, again, I don't want to get too, I don't get too deep into my personal life on here. Um, but it was, you know, when, when you don't know at the time, it's scary, right. And, you know, you're sitting there following an ambulance, a lot of things go through your mind. And, um, and it's scary, and uh, yeah, and uh, and and you sit in that waiting room, and uh, your wife is sitting beside you in pain, and it's taking them hours to see her, you know, and you're just helpless. You can't do anything, and all I want to do is like, you know, I'd rather it be me. That's alpha. You get it yet, idiot? Anyway, that was just something I wanted to share at the end. Um, again, um, we're you know everybody's fine here. We're you know, like I said, it has some surgery scheduled for the day and stuff. And uh, I don't want to say anything, as it was pointed out. It, it, I don't ever want to say routine surgery because you know routine can not be routine sometimes, but. Um, but over, you know what I'm saying? It's not open heart or anything like that. So, um, but, uh, again, I, I, as I said, I wish I, I said sometimes with the health thing, it was not sometimes I really wish it was like, oh, I'd rather it be me going through it, you know? And, uh, and like I said, for, to see her in the pain that she was in, like I said, no farm gal, man, you know, and <laughs> t- tough woman. And, uh, to see her in that pain was, was scary and scary for me. And, um, and like I said, it's a real helpless feeling. And I mean, I mean, I'm sure most of the listeners, I'm sure you guys have gone through it at some point with a, with a loved one, whether a mom or dad or a wife or whatever sibling. And, uh, it's a real helpless feeling. And, uh, yeah. And I want to thank the guys that I, that I talked to that I normally talk to because they've got 10 hours in the waiting room. believe me, there was a lot of texting as we were waiting. And, uh, uh, it was, you know, it was. It was to take the mind off of things and shared A few funny memes and you know had her Kind of chuckling and you try to take The mind off of where you are and I want to Thank you guys for doing that and uh, And I want to thank people that reached out Again that knew about it um, Yeah it, it, Like I said it, we're you know So the last few days here it's been a little tough um, My mind has obviously is not In the game but uh Yeah she's just kind of getting ready to go She's going back to work tomorrow and then see what happens And You know, but uh so I'm gonna get out of here. Like I said, it's ten thirty on Tuesday night, so I still gotta do the show graphic and upload this. But I just wanna talk about that and uh to idiot here that wants to play Twitter psychologist, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You don't like I said, you you're nineteen, you don't know shit about shit. And like I said, you can retweet all the alpha shit that you want and if you wanna yell and scream and think that the liver king and Jordan Peterson and all these people are alpha males and okay, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm not saying they're not, but it's just, it's funny what people will put up on pedestals is what alpha is. Um, as you get older in life, you'll, you'll learn the difference. But I said to be an alpha male, if you're an alpha male, I, like I said, the, the, the true alpha males that I know never had to go around telling people that they're alpha males. So everybody sort of knew so uh yeah just think about that next time yeah so this idea of alpha and beta yeah it's ridiculous anyway that really has nothing to do about nothing but it just uh as i said the uh he happened to send that text that tweet at me at the wrong time and it and it well because i mean that's been said to me before um I'm not the whole you're bitter with your life, but oh, you're, you hate water employers and all this. I mean, I get tweets like that all the time. And so I'm over the years, so I'm used to it. It doesn't, I just, yeah, okay, buddy, whatever, block and move on or ignore. I don't really care. But like I said, that tweet happened to be, hit me right at the right, he hit me with the right hand at the right time. And it irritated me. And uh, so I just wanted to bring that up. But I'm uh, um, hopefully he's listening. Like I said, I know he follows the account, so. Uh, maybe he listened and, uh, grow up, man, learn something. Like I said, uh, just because you put little movie quotes up doesn't mean you're alpha. So, uh, yeah, but it's just, um, yeah, guys, I think that'll be about it. I don't know what this last segment had to do. I just wanted something to talk about. I just, yeah, I just wanted to let people know, cause I think I said it at the start of the other episode on Wednesday or on Sunday about some kind of some shit going on. And, uh, and I had a few people ask me like, you know, what's going on or what the fuck or whatever. So I just wanted to bring that up. So anyway, that's what's happening. So uh, I will keep you guys posted. Like I said, I'm not a big, I don't like to really get into too much of my private life, especially if it doesn't really, it's not about me. Um, I mean, if I was in the hospital or whatever, I'd tell you guys that. But um, anyway, I just wanted to say what was going on and and uh, just what, what I was feeling, what I'm feeling at the moment anyway, so. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. But, uh, yeah, let's have a have a good rest of the work week. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?